Merry Christmas, Mother. Ah! Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of Blood and Black Rum Podcast here with the Festivus series. With holiday classics like Krampus. Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, and more. Tune in all this December for your These are a few of my favorite things. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from the themoosedworld.net, and I'm joined by my co-host Martin. How's it going? He's uh, busily pounding a beer over there. <laughs> <laughs> um... So we're back with a holiday series. We're calling it the Festivus series. Uh, Festivus, for any of you that don't know it, is a made-up holiday by Seinfeld. It is not made up. Well, it no, is, but no, it's not. You you celebrate it. You'd probably rather celebrate it than Christmas. I wouldn't even acknowledge any of the holidays. You would you would not celebrate any holiday. No, you'd just be like, nah, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. There's something magical about the Christmas time. No, there isn't. Yes, there is. Uh, you are Grinch, but I'm bound and determined to make sure that you're not going to be one this year. Well, it's been ten years you've been... I know, I've been working on it. <laughs> forcing you to listen to Christmas carols in the car. Making you go Black Friday shopping, although I've... I didn't this year. Or the past couple of years, yeah. actually, because we've been busy working, but... No, I don't mind Black Friday shopping, because I love more of the spectacle yeah. of it. Yeah, it's fun. Just watching, like, when we were... The one time we went, and... People were mobbed at J.C. like trampling over each other to get fucking crockpots and carry-on luggage. Oh yeah, they do love their stuff. Um, but uh, you know we're we're gonna celebrate the Christmas season, even though you want to be a Grinch about it. And we're gonna do a series of holiday films. Yeah, um, Bubba Hotep's on hold for now. Yeah, Bubba Hotep's on hold. We, uh, I was sick last week. And my voice was kind of going out on me, so I decided that we probably wouldn't be a good idea to podcast that week, since I would be hard to understand anyway, so we kind of skipped it. Um, but we'll we'll probably do that at some point. I have it, so we always have it, so. Well, we'll do it after we're done. Yeah. Yeah, after the holiday season, we'll do Bubba Hotep, so. Uh, that's on the back burner, but we will get to it. But for now, we're going to venture into a series of four holiday movies, at least four. Uh, it's going to be four or more, I'm not sure yet. We definitely have four planned out. Uh, there could be more on the horizon, depending on what we get through. So, I mean, today is, what, December 6th? Mm-hmm. So, we do have a couple weeks to work through. But we're already pushing it with four, I think. So, we'll, we'll do our best. Yeah. We'll do our best. The first one we're starting out with is Krampus. 2015 Michael Doherty film. Keeping with the horror theme, too. That's right. And also, yesterday, December 5th, was Krampusnacht. Uh, Spoken like a true German. True German, yeah. You gotta have, gotta really put some enunciation into that. Yeah. Gotta give it the throaty, <laughs> throatiness that it deserves. Uh, if you don't know anything about Krampus, I've been reading a book about dark holiday traditions. Um, and really, a lot of, I mean, before it was technically Christmas, a lot of our holiday traditions, and uh, not not so much Christianity, but pagan traditions do come from a lot of dark places a lot of dark well, mo- most of cr- most of christmas itself is pagan it the, is the tree the yeah. art, and all that stuff. it's all it's it has all nothing pagan. to do with baby jesus no <laughs> baby jesus was not even born during this time so 
everybody who's talking about celebrating his birth, uh, you're in the wrong time period. <laughs> well, is that what makes it funny about like the whole, there's a war on Christmas. It's like, well, it's... Yeah. It's a pagan holiday. That's right. Yeah. It's, doesn't that it's, make it funny? It does. I think so. Um, one thing that uh, I've been reading about is uh, Krampus himself, uh, who also goes by the name of Sirt in uh, Germanic culture. And uh, there's also another sort of uh, spirit or ancient entity uh, called Nachtruprecht. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I'm really putting the enunciation in, into that. Um, which your grandmother had some dealings with. Yeah, uh, my grandma was uh, from Germany. Uh, didn't move here until like the 50s. Yeah. And yeah, no, she, uh, her and my great aunt would used to tell us about uh, tell us about that. How there was a bad Santa that would come with shake chains and if you were bad would throw you into a burlap sack and beat you with a stick and threaten to throw you into the river. And that uh, you had to, you know, if you prayed, you would get, uh, you know, fruits and candies. But if you were bad and you didn't pray, he would come to get you and yeah. punish you. Yeah. Always a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently and back then. The neighbor, yeah, the, the na- you know, neighbor would dress up and go, you know, house to house doing that. Which is, what you think about it is great. It's like, man, I wish they did that here. Like, hey, Tom, guess what? It's it's time for, you know, Krampus night. Uh, it's your turn this year to go and scare the shit. I would absolutely sh- go scare, out and do it. Scare the shit out of the children. Yeah. You know, um, here's your burlap sack. Here's your switch and some chain, you know, chains from Chuck's, uh, you know, <laughs> tractor that he puts on his tires. You're going to go around and scare the shit out of kids. Make sure you get little Billy down the road. He's been a real asshole this yeah. year. No, I would definitely be that person. I'd volunteer. I'd be like, no, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm necroprect every year. <laughs> no one I gets would, a turn. Well, no, see, yeah. I would too. I would, that, that would get me in the spirit. All right. Oh, like, yeah. like I'm going to ruin some child. <laughs> <laughs> but you said that your grandmother actually was visited by the necroprect and was put into my great, uh, a my burlap sack. Gra- my great aunt, my, I think my great aunt said she was. Oh, your great aunt. Yeah. And, and that actually... I don't know how much, like, truth there is to that stuff, yeah. though, because, like, some of the stories used to tell, like, full of bullshit, but... Yeah. I, I you know... But they definitely they, they were... Might, they, they might not, like, actually happen, but it's like, oh, stories of it happen. They definitely were into their superstitions, though. So, I mean, it, it's possible that it did happen. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying, frankly. I mean, that would be pretty scary. Yeah. I don't know how old she was at the time, but, you know, five, six years old, getting thrown into a burlap sack... Stop being a little shit, Nectruprex says. <laughs> no, that'd be pretty scary. I definitely could see it. But um, I think now Nectruprex is still a, somewhat of a tradition in Germany, uh, except the, the the more menacing aspects of him have been downplayed. Like, if you see, like, cartoon versions of him, he's more of, like, a elf-type man with a hood uh, who comes around, got, a, like, a nice little long beard, kind of looks like a, like, what you would expect Rumpelstiltskin or something like that to look like, uh, or not, not Rumpers, um, uh, yeah, well, I guess that Rumpelstiltskin, but some of, like, the elves are, like, something like a Keebler elf sort of thing would look like, um, where in the past I heard that they used to characterize him as, like, a guy with a hood that kind of looked like the ghost of christmas future from a christmas carol mm-hmm. where kind of like a bony sort of skeletal figure well when i told you when jimmy fallon was in that one interview like i think from like a year yeah last year when krampus came out they had christoph waltz on who's from austria 
um, he was trying to describe to Jimmy about what Krampus was, and Jimmy was being an asshole throughout the entire thing, interrupting the poor man. Oh, what, what, what? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> they did have an actual Krampus doll from, like, I think they got, they got from Austria, and it was, like, a goat, he- like, goat head thing, like, yeah. in the movie, and, yeah. and Waltz was trying to explain to him what it was, and then Jimmy would put, like, a little gay little elf down, like, hey, y'all, <laughs> hey, and... Yeah, so Waltz barely got to describe what was, I was like watching it and I was getting mad like for the, for the man. It's like, shut up and let him talk. Yeah. He, he's better than you. <laughs> um, he's more entertaining. But he's he's smarter than you, too. He, you know. <laughs> I am very interested in all these cultures, especially the ones that have more superstitious holidays like Christmas. Uh, and so I've been doing some research on it at, at, in the Christmas season. I, I like Krampus a lot. Um, and I do, I'm very interested in Nectroprect, uh, which is one that I hadn't really come across until I started reading the book and then kind of got more in depth into it. Uh, but we're here to talk about Krampus, uh, Michael Doherty's film. And, uh, that film is his, uh, follow up to his very popular Trick or Treat, which I don't think you've seen yet. No, I haven't, but you told me tons of plenty about how amazing it is. And I I am interested to see it because... You know, I do like Creep Show. Mm-hmm. I, I did like for what it was worth, Creep Show too. So, I could, I could watch like an anthology horror film and yes, and and Trick or Treat, I think was a very popular film, not just because of like its anthology or anything or the the ways that Doherty cleverly tied the all of those four stories. Well, it's more like five five stories together into one whole at, that happens on one night. But it, it's not just that, but it's the mythology of it all, of the Halloween traditions that he displays in that film. And a lot of horror fans are also Halloween fans. They kind of go hand in hand, just like me. And so I think that that really got some traction because of all the Halloween festivities that are going on. It's like someone's fantasy Halloween night. Mm-hmm. Not the whole killing <clears throat> yeah. and you know things like that. That's, that's not my fantasy. Maybe perhaps someone else's, mm-hmm. but... Um, the, the traditions that are, that arise in it, there's like a Halloween parade, there's a fucking, uh, whole lane, uh, like a, a pathway d- with, tr- uh, jack-o'-lanterns throughout the whole thing. Like, it's a, like a walkway to the, through the woods. Like, that's, that's my dream. That's what I, if I had like millions of dollars and nothing else to do, <laughs> that's what I'd do. I'd be like, I'm the Halloween guy. I'm going to get everything ready for you. And uh, I'm going to, you know, buy 1,500 jack-o'-lanterns and carve them all and put them on the pathway and hold a parade. That's what I would do. <laughs> I'd have a whole Halloween town. I'd, ho- I'd buy a town, make it Halloween. Like, anybody who didn't want to celebrate is like, well, you're evicted. <laughs> find find your eviction notice on October 1st on your doorstep. And that's what I would do. So I think he really got to the point of, like, how people feel about Halloween. And that was a really big thing. And now even it's kind of like a Christmas story for Halloween that they play it on Halloween, like all day, 24 hours of trick or treat. Um, what network? Uh, it's on like one of the, I, it's, I don't, I want to say it's chiller, but I, I'm not sure. Cause I have it, but I've never actually like watched it on TV. Cause I, that's I own the movie. Funny. So even if it's that good, that'd be obscene. Well, it's just like a Christmas story. I know, like, but that's, obs- that's obscene, though. I, that, to me, a TBS plays it 24-7 on Christmas. That, no, I love it. That pisses me off. I love it. I mean, that's that to me is like... I yeah. love just popping it on every time and be like in a different part, Christmas story. Boop. 
Oh, now we're at the toy shop. Oh, now he's visiting Santa. It's kind of like with like how the, on FXX they just did the 600 episode. Oh yeah, this, uh, of the Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah, and it's like that's great. No, like it, you can't watch every episode though. So yeah, it's like, but <laughs> but at the same time, that's that's like obnoxious because 600 episodes of Simpsons. That's not just one day. That's 13. That yeah, that's a lo- that's many days. Same thing when um, AMC did for Halloween all of the seasons of The Walking Dead before the new season premiered. Now, that's obnoxious because <laughs> AMC is supposed to have their Fright Fest, their Fear Fest on, you know, and it's supposed to be all well, it's horror gotten worse. Well, say, it's gotten worse every year, so I mean... It it's, has. It's almost like... And this year, I think a lot of people were pissed off that they pulled that shit about, like, here's, you know, eight straight days of The Walking Dead. No, you're supposed to be showing horror movies in that time. Not eight... Days of the Walking well, Dead. Well, I think I mentioned it before, but for me, that'd be like when the Spike TV and the Bond Marathon, when they first started yeah. doing it on like Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, and uh, to New Year's, they'd play a bevy, a, like a different whole array of Bond films. I loved it. And it you, was great. Yeah, and you liked it because they had like everything. Everything. And But by year three, it's like, okay, we're going to play Moonraker, The Spy Who Loved Me. Goldeneye. Yeah. That's it. And it's yeah. like, oh, re- really? Yeah, and, then, and then they started to just play the regular ones that you'd see just, all yeah, the time. Yeah. They like, Probably because the rights were cheap and they're easy to get. I know, but I mean, it's like, that just yeah. like pissed me off because like, even being like 15 years old, man, like, what the fuck is it? Like, so it's like, I have all the Bond marathons, it's like maybe twice they like played like Dalton's Bond films, like the Living Daylights right, right. and License yeah. to Kill and... I think only one, once they played like Lazenby's uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And yeah. it's, I mean, I didn't like it at the time. Now it's one, like one of my favorite Bond films. But like just looking back, it's like, man, they went from like, that's a great idea. They All they did is play Bond films for like a week during like either Chris, Christmas and Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it was great. They'd like go through, not, they wouldn't play them all, but they play most of them. And you, right, like, right, yeah. And you got to experience, you know, Bond throughout, you know, the years. But by, like, the third year, it's like, oh, yeah, we're just playing Goldeneye, and the world's not enough, and tomorrow never dies in Moonraker. Yeah. The, the, the shitty ones. <laughs> we're a little bit off topic here, but what we were talking about be- previously is Michael Doherty's Trick or Treat, first film in the, you know, in really that make, made him shoot off into, like, fandom for, for horror movies. And now, you know, 2015, Krampus was uh, the, I mean, not the obvious choice, but... One that makes a lot of sense, considering, you know, let's try to do for Christmas what we did for Halloween, for horror, and that's a that's a tough thing to do because we're talking you're you're gonna enter into the annals of horror like Black Christmas. For me, one of my favorite horror films of all time, very difficult to top, you know, as a Christmas film because now, you know, so one of those films is gonna take top billing. Going to be the one you watch year round, and then maybe you will have time for the other ones. Uh, like I wouldn't say, like Silent Night, Deadly Night is on my list to watch every single year at Christmas. Oh, time. I'll tell you, it's on mine. It's on yours. You got to watch it. I have it on Blu-ray. If you ever want to borrow it, you, you I mean, you go right ahead. The fact, warm side of the door makes yeah. that film. But I'm just saying, and actually, to be honest with you, I think I have watched it every year so far <laughs> since I got it. But at the same time, it's not on my list. Like it's. Black Christmas, absolutely. And by the way, this is just a PSA. Scream Factory releasing Black Christmas on Blu-ray with their new 2K scan and also the regular 
scan that was done for the previous Blu-ray, so just pick that well, up. Well, I think just you're saying that you like Black Christmas so much because it's got John Saxon. No, that's not the only reason. I really do love Black Christmas. I think it's a very, very good movie. Precursor I mean, but to not, Halloween. I know, but I mean... We already did a podcast on no, Black I know, Christmas, I know, so but get way just into like it. just like a little off topic when talking about it. But I mean, it's not very Christmassy. It's just set during Christmas. I think it's pretty Christmassy. There's caroling. There, I love I, and this is Bob Clark in general because Bob Clark also did a Christmas story. But I love the the holiday lights in it, the Christmas lights because they're very dim. They're 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 dark. They're not. It's not like super bright LEDs. Like here's you know a C nine. Because it's fucking bright and, you know, stuff like that. No, it's very dim and dark. There, Everything's lit, but it's lit very dimly. I love that. But, you know, alas, go watch, go listen to our other podcast episode about Black Christmas if you want to hear me gush about that. <laughs> Ineptitude of the cops and stuff like that. I get into everything, really. Um, go listen to that episode. But, um, like I said, it's very difficult for, like, a Christmas horror film now. To really make headway, because there are some good ones, and and there are some bad ones. I know, but like, it's like the same thing with like Halloween, though. Like, That's absolutely how, true, like, yeah. How many times can you kind of hammer the the same, you know... Yeah. But make it slightly different to where, you know... That's, that's absolutely what, that's true. That's where, like, like, the slasher yeah. genre is very hit or miss for me. Like, again, Halloween, for me, that's my favorite slasher film. It's great. It's yeah. perfect. Halloween two is also great, but then like Friday the Thirteenth and like all like all the sequels that come out like in the nineties too, with like everyone trying to you know be the next Scream with like after like Scream's great, yeah. But then you got like you know I know he did last summer in Urban Legends, like really you know mm-hmm. it's it's I think it's hard to take something that did something so well and then try to copy it, but then at the same time like oh we changed just no, enough I, of it to I agree. So yeah. I, and a holiday film I think that's even more. Uh, I think so, yeah. And I think, you know, like I said, with Trick or Treat, they did something like that because they were able to, with an anthology, tackle a lot of different, you know, themes within horror and Halloween. And I think that Krampus does do that as well. Tackles a lot of different ideas with Christmas without just going with the killer Santa Claus, Mm. which has been done countless times. You know, you got Silent Night, Deadly Night, and its offshoots, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which basically we'll get into, but it's a rehash of Silent Night with a lot, a lot of, like, recap footage, because it was, it's basically like a recut Silent Night, Deadly Night with a little bit more added to it. We'll see that in a little bit. You haven't seen it, but you'll experience it. I do know one part from it. Yes, though. you do. Yep. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you've got other ones like Christmas Evil, um... There, there's just many, and and not even counting like the ones that are worse, like Santa's sleigh and stuff like that. Um, you know, there's that's a that's a lot. So it's nice to see Krampus going in a different direction, and that's evident just from the title itself. That you know that okay, this is not about Santa. This is not about our regular American traditions. This is about something different and older. We're gonna and we'll get into that a little bit more. We'll get into the movie itself. After the break. But first, we're going to talk about what beer we're drinking today. Because that's that's another tradition. Not just a (laughs) holiday tradition. Because in the holidays, I like to drink a little bit more wine than beer. No. Not for me. Yeah, no. Next week, we're having wine on the show. Oh, fuck that. Red wine. Dry red wine. Awful. (laughs) 
No, I don't. Not for me. You know what I don't like is like sweet rosés and stuff like that. The very sweet wines, not for me. But dries. I don't know what ro- a rosé. Well, just like the rosier pink color instead of like here's a red, here's like a white. That. Nope, here's somewhere in between the rosé. They're kind of they tend to be sweeter. I don't think I've had. I think white yeah. wine's more up my alley from what I've experienced. Yeah, I know nothing. I'm not a white wine can be dry or sweet. So I'm not a I'm not a, vi- I'm not a Rhine. Yeah, I'm not a sommelier either by any stretch of the imagination. I can't taste a bit of wine and say, good, yep, that's burgundy grapes or whatever. You good, know. good good, use of like Witcher, sommelier. Witcher 3 reference there. Yeah. Uh, blood and wine expansion. The Duce of Toussaint has, you know, wine everywhere. And like, oh, I'm sommelier. Yes. Yeah, huh? Bon vivant. I know my vocabulary. So, yeah. Um. All right, so what did you you brought the thing today the 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 beer of choice today? So I I'll did. let you take that. Yeah, so um, I was out in Utica last Thursday, uh, forty five minute drive. Uh, actually, actually, it's a little bit longer. It's more than, than that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, hour fifteen actually. Yeah. Um, but I was out there. I went there out there with one of our friends because uh, he wanted to get chicken riggies. And if you don't Most know, people don't know that probably. If you don't know what chicken riggies is, um, chicken riggies is uh, a Italian dish. It's a uh, rigatoni pasta. So it's, it's fucking chicken with rig. It's rigatoni with chicken in it, basically. And like a not vodka, quite vodka not, sauce. Yeah, not vodka. I don't think it is. It's but close just like enough. a tomato. It's like a po- tomato pomodoro sauce or something like that. I know. I like. I know. Yeah. It's, it's a pink sauce, but to me, like, it's like it's kind of yeah. like it's. I would creamier tomato sauce. Yeah, I, I'm not. I am not a gourmet either. So yeah. like to me, it's like it's just it's like kind of like vodka. Yeah. I wouldn't be. Yeah, you know. it's like a tom- Yeah, like a like a creamy tomato sauce with veggies in it. No, there wasn't any veggies in it. There was mushrooms in yours, not in the sauce itself, on the like the, in the, within the meal, but well, not, yeah, 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 but not in the sauce. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's all together. Uh, but but anywho, um, it's basically rigatoni pasta, yeah. chicken, a pink sauce, and like mushrooms and an assortment of peppers. We got the choice. The waitress was kind enough to ask, "Do you want sweet peppers, hot peppers, or both?" I said both. Stupid me, I didn't know the hot pepper for it. That would be pepperoncini. So when I get a bite of that it's like i'm like oh shit you know yeah wasn't expecting that um but yeah we literally just went out there to get chicken riggies because he went uh to the fire academy out there and he he uh missed missed chicken riggies so that's why we went out literally why we drove an hour and 15 minutes it's it's a you know it's a regional dish yeah so like around where we live not really that popular there are a couple of restaurants that serve it uh, but not really a popular dish yeah. around us, so which is weird because you think like you think any old Italian place would be like yeah. I mean, it's not that far away, really. For for a, like a dish to travel, like hey, we got chicken riggies here. You yeah. would think you know that's not that far for like a specific menu item to travel to yeah. the next. Like someone say, hey, I had chicken riggies down in Utica. You know that yeah. was really good. Why don't you guys do that? Yeah. And then it spreads, I mean, but it I hasn't. Mean, yeah, well, I I never had it's it weird. until I went to college because in Oswego, which is in central New yeah. York, um, they had chicken. That's where I got the f- first time chicken riggies because it was on like the dining hall menu. And I was yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, somebody's like, oh, get, you never had chicken riggies before? Because like, my friends were all from central New York. And I was like, no, I don't know what the fuck that is. Like, oh, just get it. And I was like, this is good. It's weird, though. Yeah, it's weird how it hasn't really caught on anywhere else. But while we were out there, we stopped at Walmart cause, so Matt could take a piss. Our friend Matt could take a piss. But I, I ended up, like, I'm like, oh, I want to stop here and, like, grab some things. I had to get a few things for work. 
And while I was walking around, I noticed their beer selection, which, by the way, that Walmart in Utica is huge. Yeah. And their beer selection is pretty big. And I stumble across that they had Old Milwaukee. And for us, Old Milwaukee is kind of like a special treat because... We don't have it around here. We don't get it for some reason. That's a really... It's, again, that's another weird thing that we just don't get it around here. I mean, I there might be one place around here that sells... I don't know, but there's a few places I see that sell Old Milwaukee non-alcoholic. Yeah. But you can't get regular, just regular old Old Milwaukee. And they had it there. And they had it literally in like a six-pack tall boy cans, 12-pack, 30-pack, and 18-pack. I got the 18-pack because it was $9.99. Yeah. And I was thinking about getting the 12-pack, which was like $6.99. I'm like, I'm like, oh, $10 for an 18 I have to get this. Because I've been meaning to... I've been wanting to try it because from what I hear, for a cheap beer... Maybe it's because of hipsters online, you know, talking it up. But from what I heard online, like, for a cheap beer, it's not bad. It's actually, you know, pretty pretty decent. Yeah. And so I, I bought the 18-pack. So I, I, so like I said, it's something I really wanted to try. And um, I brought it. You got to try it. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. Had a couple of them. Uh, and I, I did like it as well. It sits very well in with, like... PBR, um, which is it's it's made it's, by it is made yeah. by you know Pabst. Um, I mean it, it it is very similar. You say it's not as sweet as PBR. No, I'd say it's not as sweet as Schlitz. Oh, like Schlitz, yeah. Because because uh, because uh, and we I think we've reviewed all three beers. We have, yeah, we've done all three. I, I um, yeah, we have done PBR. We right? did PBR. Okay, yeah. So. Ranking all three, I mean, like, I like Schlitz more than I like P. I'm not that big, the biggest PVR fan in the world. Um, one, because it gives me bad shits. Yeah. Uh, that, that's one of the reasons. <laughs> but I mean, like, even, like, just, like, the tape, I, I, I don't find anything, like, to be really good about. Like, and sometimes I'll look, I'll literally look at PVR because I'm like, oh, I haven't had PVR in a year. And I'll buy it and I'm like, well, I regret this. this hmm. is, you know, I'd rather drink a Jenny instead. Mm-hmm. Or a Jenny Cream Ale for a cheap beer. But, um,. I, compared to, like, so I like, and we talked about it before, um, on our review of uh, My Bloody Valentine, we were drinking Schlitz. Yep. Schlitz is like PBR, but it's a little bit sweeter, and that, that does make it a better beer. I think it, ta- you know, it's more appealing. Yeah. Um, Old Milwaukee, though, after drinking, I would say I like even more than Schlitz, because it's not as, it does, it is sweet, but not as sweet as Schlitz, but it's definitely a lot maltier. Like, you definitely, not like a... Like a, what people would expect, like a heavy, like multi beer, but it, it's definitely bready. Yeah, but I think, uh, and I do like that. I mean, granted, this it doesn't taste like much. Right, the first one I had, I was kind of sitting there, like thinking, like this tastes like nothing. Yeah, it literally tastes like just water and some stale bread. But after having like a few, like few of them, it's like I, you know, I can kind of pick up like it's, it's a little bit sweeter. It's definitely brettier. Yeah. I, I don't mind. I actually like it. No, I, I think. I think for like uh, a cheap beer after Jenny Cream Ale, that might be like a beer I'd go to. I mean, I think it's pretty good too. I think though that if you put like PBR and Old Milwaukee like side by side and had me taste test them, I don't know if I'd t- taste that much of a difference. I I do really think that they're very similar. I, I don't. I mean, maybe if I were to do that back to back, I would see a difference. But right now, Old Milwaukee. I mean, yes, it's good. It doesn't really stand out to me, and that, nor should it, really. No, it's no, suppo- no, it's not no, supposed it to stand yeah, no. out, really. It's just supposed to be a, a beer that you consume and you drink, it's, and it's yeah. beer. 
It, it, it's like the equivalent of like when you see on TV and things are labeled beer, yeah. like or someone that, goes that, up it, to the bar and says, yeah, no. "Hey, I'll take a beer," yeah. like which never happens yeah. in, in real a bar life. in real life because no. they'd be like, "Which fucking beer would you yeah, like?" No. Yeah, I no. don't have time for yeah, your yeah, shit. I don't, I don't know. The yeah. old Milwaukee and a regular Jenny would be the quintessential to me, like yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah, you're like, having labeled mm, like beer. beer. That's it. And you put the label on it. It just says beer. I I, I feel like I'm kind of flowering up my like discerning of like what it tastes like. But honestly, I think like I think it's because I'm like thinking back to those like a Schlitz and a PBR, and that's why I think if I didn't have like PBR Schlitz, I'd probably drink it. But this tastes like like yeah, what you think beer would taste like? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I think it's good. Yeah, I wouldn't pass it up. Wouldn't say hey, no, thank you. Bud Light, <laughs> maybe I would say hey, no, thank you. I definitely would. Yeah, but but like those, no, I think they're very drinkable. They went down easy, went down quick. I don't feel it either because it's it's low alcohol percentage, probably like four or something. That'd be a good beer to have when you're sitting around like a bonfire. Yeah, and, yeah, just like not really heavy, grilling. not mm. really, you know, not heavy with alcohol content either. Just. You know, but it's not as wa- like like wa- like nearly as water like say like a bush. No, you know it's definitely got enough taste like you know taste to it where you mm-hmm. like, you can you feel like you're yeah. drinking beer. Yeah, because that's like my when it comes like because right now I'm drinking a Coors Light, which I don't care for that much. I like all the light beers. Miller Light to me's got like the most taste. And that's why I like. Yeah, it. Miller Light. Yeah. Then Coors is kind of the in between. Bud Light yep. I can't stand because it tastes like I'm fucking Same. drinking. Water that's got been contaminated from Flint. That's, that's pretty much the same way I feel. But like, the, so like Old Milwaukee is kind of like not flavorful, but it's not. It's not like you're drinking water. Like, oh, this tastes yeah. like it came out of you know. Apparently, the Old Milwaukee's light beer is supposed to be real good. Huh? The Bros gave it like an eighty-nine on Beer Advocate huh. or some shit like that. What do you know? Hmm. I mean, I didn't see. I actually didn't see. They didn't have that at the Walmart. They just had regular Old Milwaukee, but uh. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that, like, Schlitz, Old Milwaukee, uh, regular Jenny, um, what else? Uh, PBR. Like, give me any of those, and I can definitely just drink them. Like, no no issues. Just, I'll, I'll drink them. And, and Good be- macro lager. Exactly. So, well, but not for me, for PBR. But I mean. So, I mean, really pleasant discovery. Not something like I would ever go out of my way to get because it's in Utica, so it's like an hour and fifteen minutes. So, yeah, like, like I said, I don't even know where the closest place right for yeah. it is around here. Like I said, I think one of the guys I work with was saying I think he knows a place around here that sells it, but yeah, I've actually never been there, so I don't know. I, I might, mean, it would I be might, cool I to might find ch- it around here. Yeah, yeah, it would be cool to find it because it is cheap and it's good for the money. Yeah, um, and yeah. pack. Are you kidding me? But but yeah, like I said, like if it was only available in Utica or something, it would just be like, yeah, if I'm down there, I'll try. You know, maybe Pick I'll find up. one. Yeah. But other than that, no. But you know, good for good good for the money, definitely. And if you have it available around you, pick it up because it's a it's a good deal. Yeah, try it. It's Will Farrell's beer of choice. That's right. We also uh, went to our local um, bar on. Um, Last Wednesday, oh, yeah, this, when we this did the podcast, this is good. This is going to tie. This ties in perfectly, and uh, they had Southern Tears Krampus, and Martin like excitedly texted me and was like, "They have Southern Tears Krampus on tap. We gotta go, 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 go!" And to his surprise, I said, "Sure, fine, let's go." Because I don't normally do anything spontaneous. No, you don't. You're you're, <laughs> you're very much uh... yeah. got to consult the boss, which would be my wife. 
Bruce Springsteen. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta call it Bruce. And be yeah. like, Bruce, can I go to the bar? Like, nah, man. No. Not tonight. <laughs> You're a working man. No, no. Uh, and so we we did end up going, and we got the Southern Tier, which is a heavy, heavy nine percent, heavy nine percent yeah, beer, pale lager too. Yeah, and and <laughs> it was really good. I I was sick at the time, so I don't feel like I got a full flavor. But I have had it before because I did have it at um, World of Beer because they had it one time, and I was. May waiting they, for Sarah to... May they rest in peace. Yep, may they rest in <laughs> peace. Uh, I was waiting for Sarah for as she was shopping, and so I got a Southern Tier Krampus. I do remember getting it now, uh, after you know I discovered that I'd already had it once before on Untapped. And um, I th- I thought it was really good. You know, no, I, I, I like, like the beer a lot. I like. I, mean, I think it's a good seasonal beer. Yeah, no. It's it's, th- it is heavy. It, it's different, too. It's not very... Yeah. It's not very Christmassy, but it is... No, no. It yeah. is wintry. Yeah. Like. It's wintry. It's heavy. No, there's no like nutmeg presence or anything like that that would make you think like holiday or anything like that. But I think it's just alcohol content. Yeah, basically, it's supposed to warm you up. Yeah, and... it does. And I definitely felt it because right after that, I had another eight and a half percent beer, which at this point I don't even remember what it was. Do you? Uh, the double IPA. Yes, it I was. Yeah, I can't remember it was who... a double IPA, uh, but I don't remember what it was. It was an imperial IPA. I don't remember who it was. That I had, because like I said, at the time I was getting pretty warm myself, you know. Um, I, can, shit, I can't even remember what I had. I don't remember what you had either. Oh, that's going to bug Yeah, me. That's, nope, that's I don't remember me. what you I, had either. I might, yeah, uh, for those listening, I might yell halfway through the podcast, just like a random beer. Remember like, what it was, and, yeah. Um, no, but I definitely like, I like Project 29 quite a bit. They're great. They are great. Um, we got. We both got for food. We got uh, flatbread pulled pork sandwiches. They're good. I, I I do think. Yeah, I I like their food. I do think you're better off like going there to either eat or drink though, because it does get expensive. Not, yeah, not really. Not I, not I, like I not like um not expensive and like out of the norm, but just like if you're gonna do it every night or something, you're gonna get expensive. Well, God, no. Yeah, I yeah. Who, who, I like once once a who, week, once every other. You know, who goes to the bar every night? Yeah, some people. I wish I had that kind yeah, of money. I know, right? And disposable income. Ingestible I mean, income. Granted, if I was at that one bar and down at New Paltz that had you know, Naren Gantz on tap for dollars, three dollars. Yeah. Naren Gantz on tap for three dollars. Yeah, I'd probably be Dollar there every day, nights. like I'd be Norm from Cheers just walking in, like you'd be like, Hey Mark, like hey, give me a Naren Gantz coming on through. Had a hard day. Yep. But um Yeah, no, they're de- they're definitely great. I'm I glad like they uh I'm glad they're still there and I'm glad they're doing well. Yeah, because that's the big thing. Suck if they're gone, because there's not a lot of places like that around here at all. Unfortunately, there's not. Hey, what do you say we move into Krampus? Sounds good. We're getting late in here, so let's get let's let's get to Krampus. Um, All right, so this was your first time seeing Krampus. You've never Mm -hmm. seen it before. No, I'm going to start off with that. I saw it in theaters last year. Um, I wish I saw it in theaters. I'm gonna gonna yeah, I know what right. I'm going to start with a little anecdote, and then we'll move in. Uh, I, I already told you this, so you know it. Uh, so I went to the, the movies with my family. My family really likes going to see, well, basically they pretty much like doing anything with me. <laughs> they are, they stopped in tonight, uh, as we were trying to watch the movie for the podcast. So they dropped off some fudge. They're, they're, they're nice people. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so they went to the movies with me because they, they really like to see holiday films together. Um, and, uh, we saw Krampus. And my dad didn't really know what to expect. He has seen Trick or Treat before. He's not a horror fan, really. Uh, he's not an he's not an action fan, really. Like any sort of special effects, he kind of you can see like the eye roll coming. You know, like any, it's coming. <laughs> you can totally see. You that. can see that. So 
we saw it. Film ended. He started laughing, and he just he just said okay, <laughs> and you know that that enunciation means he did not like it. And he, we, you know, I kind of asked him. I was like, "So, what did you think? You know, did you like it?" He's like, "Ah, oh, I thought it was. I thought it was super funny." And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's pretty funny, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, no, because of how ridiculous it is." And I was like, "Oh, that's not really the expectation that I had from you laughing about it." Because it is a funny movie. It is meant to be a Ridiculous. horror comedy. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It, it's it's certainly meant to not be taken fully seriously. Did he not know by David Kochner being in the film that? Right, right. <laughs> I know. And then and and you know, I think that he just didn't really expect, and that's the big thing is the expectation. He didn't expect it to be that funny, like to be meant to meant to be taken as a comedy. Um, and he expected it to be more of a serious horror film. Um. And I think that's a big thing that happens with Krampus. If you go in expecting it to be like some sort of serious horror film, and then you see uh, Killer Gingerbread Man parading around the house, you're going to be a little bit disappointed. You're going to say, "Yeah, I, you know, I thought they were going to go more of a horror spectrum, and they actually went more towards like a black comedy sort of thing." I, I get that. At the same time, I think that expectations will really fuck you up. I don't think it'd work as well though as like a straight. As a straight horror film? Playing it straight. I don't I think th- so either. Because I think then that whole, like, this is ridiculous is going to be, this is ridiculous. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah, like, like, if you're going to really try to sell the fact that, you know, presents come to life, that there's a, a gigantic goat man that comes to your house and stuff like that, yeah, it, it's going to be really hard to take that seriously. It's better to actually can, go can, for the comedy aspect. I was gonna say, it. yeah, because like like a film like Psycho, you can play totally straight. Yeah, because it's just about a man who's got you know schizophrenia yeah. and murders people. You can do that. Same thing with like Halloween before it got ridiculous and Michael Myers was you know uh, the fucking literal boogeyman. You can play that totally straight. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Chris, it's just a guy, yeah, and a knife. And he's coming to your house. Yeah. That's, that's it. With Krampus, yeah. You're, you, you're working with mystical beings. You're working with, like, a mythological figure. There's not a lot of room for you to say, yes, take all of this seriously, please. It's, it, it is almost like saying, like, liter- like, or, well, let's take Futurama's episode about the robot Santa, voiced by John Goodman in the first one. Great, by the way, great episode. Excellent episode. But, like, that's saying, like, if there was a robot Santa and he came to your house, you're not going to take that seriously. It's very difficult to take that seriously in any... In, and if someone played it off like that, you'd come out of the theater being like, that was stupid. Like, I don't really know what they were going for there, but that was stupid. You you need that those laughs. You yeah. need the humor. And I think that's what Michael Doherty does with Krampus. Krampus is categorized, and I think uh, the director would agree, it's categorized as a horror comedy. It isn't just a straight horror movie. It, it it's it's more so of a comedy, even from those first few moments of the film, where there's sh- Christmas shopping going on and people just slow motion fighting over toys in the in the store. Um, what do you think after that? Krampus would visit everybody's house. Yeah, like, really. Yeah, but it's I he think would it's, visit like everybody's house in America. Like you in Black Friday shop and you punched out some old lady for that Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more the wish though. I think it's the wish that does it in that does. Well, yeah, no. Well, yeah, yeah, no, because um, the grandmother Max sa- and Omi, Omi, yeah, which is yeah, the grandmother says it's not about what you do; it's how, what you believe. Yeah, which is a very stupid thing when you think about it. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, at least to me, like, that's, like, just, like, a stupid thing. I mean, not, not to piss anyone off who's, uh, religious, but it's, like, when you, like, you hear some people say, like, well, it's not about, like, what you do that will get you into heaven. It's whether you believe. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're, it's not good enough that you're a good person. You gotta believe in yeah. the baby Jesus and God that and the Holy Trinity and all that. If you don't, even though you're a good person, no, but but if you were kind of, you know, a little bit of questionable, but you were, yeah, you know, you definitely, if you believed, yeah. but you were like on the border, you're still in. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's like, just yeah. like, no. Um, so like that, like that whole thing with like Krampus, that to me, like, you know, it's just, mm. I'm not saying it's like, it's stupid, but it's just like, it's just kind of funny. Like the kid is pretty, uh, a good kid, mm. but just because like, at, like the whole shit show that's going on with like most people's family you know during christmas and he's like fuck this i'm done krampus is like wait a minute now yeah yeah <laughs> what do you think you're doing <laughs> so for those of you who haven't seen krampus yet um go out and watch it pause the podcast go out and watch it we'll be waiting when you come back um because i'm gonna break it down for you now it's only 90 minutes that's right yes yeah, it's, it's quick quick watch um okay you're back um, uh, so Krampus is about a family, uh, with a little boy named Max and his German grandmother named Omi and his, his parents and his sister. And, uh, they're in the Christmas season. They're just a couple days before, uh, Christmas. Their family's coming to visit. Unfortunately, that means they're bringing their kind of redneck aunt and uncle and cousins along with them. And, uh, another aunt who is certainly, you know, outspoken when it comes to anything that she doesn't agree with or you know has any observations about she's very outspoken and um you know and at at one point he wishes that his family would just go away because they're so overbearing and uh you know a lot of things happen to him at this time of year uh he just can't take it anymore he wishes them away and he rips up his uh, letter to Santa Claus uh, with all the good wishes for his family. And he throws them out the window. And somehow, they get to Krampus. And Krampus is, you can just see, he's like rubbing his claws together like, fucking great. This is, this is amazing, right? Uh, and so Krampus visits in a, in a gigantic blizzard. And this allows for lots of demonic toys and crazy stuff shenanigans to happen no good tidings to be had no that's that's right no you know nothing nothing good comes of it that's for sure and uh yeah that's krampus in a nutshell really um let me start off with let's did you like it yeah i liked it um i thought it was pretty entertaining um i will say when it comes to casting i think some of it's very good I think some of it's bad. Mm-hmm. I think Adam Scott, he's bad. I like Adam he, Scott. He I think is, he's. I I do like him in this. Like he has no range. I think he's Wooden. kind of got the like a aloof personality no, of the father no, here. No, no, no. Because we're supposed to be kind of laughing at him that he's he doesn't really have the ability to protect his family like you know someone else might. You know, you're talking about Robert Ke- or David Keckner here. Um, his character Howard it carries around a shotgun and uh, you know another pistol with him, and you know, so he has the you know we might laugh at him. We might say, yeah, that guy's a redneck, 
But he at least does have the ability to protect his family. And so I think we're supposed to see both sides of that. You know, Howard is a goofball. He's probably kind of, he's kind of a dick throughout a lot of it. But he's great. But, see, he, but he, he is, you know, he is able to protect his family. And he does know a lot about this situation. And we're kind of meant to see that Tom, Adam Scott's character, is a little bit lacking in that scenario. And I think that that aloofness, it does work for him. You know, and it's not really so much different than what Adam Scott has played previously. Uh, His role in Parks and Rec isn't really that much different. Well, like I said, I don't really know. But to me, he's totally just wooden and... I just found him to be a bore. I uh, think he might. It might be a little bit intense. I think he's supposed to be boring. He's supposed to be like, you know, you you said you know, that t- he's kind of t- like me. I guess I'm kind of boring, but t- typical hipstery, right? Yeah, like now you know, into adulthood, man. You know? Exactly, and you know, some of that, like even when they're talking about some of the things that the family knows, like they drive a hybrid. They're, you know, they get free shit delivered to the door because they're democratic. You know, some of that stuff is kind of. I think it's. You know, it's a joke, but obviously. No, that's fu- but that's it's like, that's not funny, but it's like, again, that has nothing to do with him, though. That's just the setting. I think they're just, just summing like the set- up the, the part setting- that he is kind of like a bland cookie. The setting and the characterization, but it has nothing to do with, like, his performance. Like, to me, it's like he's, like, they, okay, like, we just need somebody who can just... Be here? Just show up <laughs> and be here. Yeah. And then, like... Adam Scott. He'll be like, oh, what's wrong? Oh, okay. I don't know. I, I like him. Um, Maybe it's just because I... Well, uh, you like Parks and Rec. I, I, I never watch. I can so. personalize with him. Yeah, well, I, I, would... I see myself in him. I mean, I don't I think... I see myself like... in those sweaters. Oh, I'll, okay. <laughs> I'll say this. I didn't think he was awful. I just thought he was a total... Like a non-entity in Yeah, he, he's a total bore. I could um, see that. I could totally see that. But then again, see, David Koechner, I love... David Koechner and everything he's ever done is fucking gold. Yeah, exactly. He plays that douchebag, you know, asshole role. And I, th- and I mean, again, I think that's pretty intentional with Krampus. Is that you are supposed to find them funny. You're supposed to at first laugh at their expense, like, and oh, look at this and asshole, they are, you and know that what they're I mean? intolerable. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then from there on, you're supposed to kind of see, like, okay, I, I kind of get him. I kind of get where he's coming from, and then, you know. That that's leading up to the whole thing where like you don't necessarily have to always like them, but you do tolerate them because you're family. And I I think that that's a really good. I think it's I like you say with Adam Scott. I do think that maybe that blandness is a little bit intentional. I think maybe he he is supposed to just be there, really, because he doesn't even really matter. Even towards the end of the film, he, he surprisingly, even though he's pretty much portrayed as the protagonist throughout most of the film Mm -hmm. dies before much of the conclusion and the the concluding action occurs. So it is kind of surprising in that way. And I don't, I, I don't think that Doherty really means for Tom to be a very, uh, you know, major character in this. I think he is sort of a stand in. I think it's intentional really. Well, I mean, I think the, the kid Max is, you know, the... he is really, yeah, he's the he's the main focus as as it comes to comes to play. Which I will say, um, the kid that played Max, MJ Anthony, he's good. Yeah, he's actually a very good child actor. He mm-hmm. doesn't co- do any of the typical like annoying child actor bullshit. He, he's yeah. very good in this. He plays you know the part of you know just young, bright, white eyed kid. Yep, does it really well. Um. 
Um, also with uh, Conchetta Farrell as Aunt Dorothy. She plays the role that you know you've seen her over the past fifteen years. It's just loud, obnoxious. Oh yeah, yeah. Two and a half men. Mr. Mr. Deeds. Deeds. Yeah. You know, when I saw her when I saw her walk in when like, oh great, she's here. I was like, huh, what'd you kick me there for, dummy? I ain't got no balls. Yeah. So I was thinking Mr. Deeds. It's yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> a part written for her. You know, I yeah. I definitely think it was written for her and, and she does it well, really. But yeah, to to me, out of the whole lot, though, I think just I just think David Heckner's great. Mm. He's get, literally got the be- certainly a standout. Got the best lines. Allison Ooh. Tolman does get a lot of good lines too, as his wife Linda, though. Yeah, because she kind of gets to do like you know play off of his stuff. Um, I I think she does a really good job with that, and it's totally a different character from what she you know her breakout role in Fargo in in the first season of Fargo. Totally a different character. And it, it's nice to see her be able to hit that wide range. And, you know, because Fargo was such a big hit for her. It was like, oh, who's this Allison Tolman? She's, like, doing a great job on Fargo. And then now after that, you kind of struggle with, can I get away from that character? Like, can I do something diff- totally different that's not related to, like, my Minnesota accent, you know? Um which I still need to watch Fargo. Yeah, you show. do. You need to watch it. Yeah, both both seasons are really good. Both seasons are really different. So you need you do need to watch it, and it's a perfect time to watch it. Fucking snowy. Watch it on a snowy day. Watch all thirteen episodes. Oh, well, it's twenty six. But if you want to do one season, thirteen episodes in a day, or if you want to stay up all night, that's your prerogative uh, too. I don't give head. a shit. I'm not your mom. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, but um, with Krampus. You know, I think there's a lot of cool things that are happening in Krampus. It, it's really, it's it's hard to break them all down. Um, but I will say that I do really like those outdoor scenes of the cold. I saw it in theaters. I thought they played up really well. I know you talked about how the snow seemed, you know, how the snow looks fake when some of those scenes are on the ground where the snow is on the ground. Yeah. And it's kind of like that. You can tell. You can tell fake, that like that fake, fake snow. Yeah. Uh, for for us, we can absolutely tell because snow doesn't react like that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just something that if you live where we do and you get a lot of snow, you just know. Like, nope, snow wouldn't do that. Uh, but for others, I think it probably would pass. You know what I mean? Like people who don't get a lot of snow. Well, I'm not saying it was like. I so, like it's it was, not like yeah, it's I not like movie breaking. You're not like oh well, I'm out. No. You know, <laughs> I was just nope. I just kind of noticing like the one scene with the girls hiding in a truck and like. Uh, you just like looking at the sun, like, oh yeah, that. It's you, like you in can the tell that's fake. Stuff. It's like in the, in the Santa Claus when he goes out in his bare feet in the snow and he's like running through the snow. <laughs> Tim Allen is, yeah. and it's like, fuck no, you're not doing that <laughs> at, at, at like two o'clock in the morning. Absolutely not, because you're gonna be coming in and you're gonna have some frostbite on your feet there, because that's gonna be fucking cold. You're gonna be very unpleasant. Yeah, right? no, no, I know, like, no, I, but I know what you're saying. Like, it does, it seems like that. But I really do like those outdoor scenes because I think it adds a lot of tension to it. I think it really does feel cold. Um, and I think I really like that that first scene where we see Krampus, where he's jumping from house to house. Mm. I think it's a really cool scene that really sets the gigantism of Krampus. Like he's a very big figure and you, you, you get that. You get that scope. You don't know exactly what he is and you don't find out until like the end what he is. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I really like that. I think that Doherty did a really good job with that scene in general, but also a lot of the outdoor scenes. Even the scene where um, 
Tom and Howard go into the house and the house mm. is all like ransacked and it's very frozen and stuff. Reminds me of The Thing a lot. John mm. Carpenter's yeah. The Thing. Uh, that's like where the scene where they go in and they discover, okay, here's this big ice thing that the uh, scientists have like excavated from the ice. And it's like a big frozen ice cube where the alien uh, was housed. Mm. Um, it definitely reminds me of that. Some of the shots and things like that and, and a lot of like the snowy effects uh, it reminds me of the thing a lot. So I, th- I, you know, again, I love the thing. So even say if you make that comparison, you're doing good. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love the thing. So like, if you if you can if you can conjure that, then yeah, more power to you. But I, I really love those outdoor scenes. I think they're really good. Um, but more than that, I think just like trick or treat, you're getting a lot of different Christmas identities in this film. You know, you've got the you've got the gingerbread men who are mostly you know again that's it's not really related to Christianity, but it's not really related to Germanic culture either. I, I wouldn't say I don't I don't really think that uh, gingerbread men are well actually you know you know what they they kind of are uh, but n- gingerbread men specifically not really related to like Germanic Krampus things, but but gingerbread certainly. Um, uh, but you know. I like how we have the gingerbread men. I like how we have sort of like the demonic puppets. The jack in the box. The jack in the box uh, that kind of eats people and then becomes like engorged. Um, There's a lot of things at play here. And I think that Doherty has a lot of room to work with different types of holiday traditions. And I think he does that. You know, you even get elves too, like demented elves. Yeah, when they said elves, you didn't see like, you know, like... Yeah, you got you know something a lot scarier. I will say I like I like the whole fact like once uh, you see Max say like he wishes you know his family would go away, and then you you know they wake up the next morning and a blizzard hits and like what the hell happened? Mm -hmm. I love that because that's like kind of how the reaction I have when like I get up and I didn't check the weather and it's like yeah like what like the other day it's like what the hell happened? Yeah, I didn't know this was coming. Yeah, it absolutely does though. Like. Like it, it always, it almost always seems to hit during the night, and then you wake yeah. up, and it's like the world has changed. Like everything yeah. is different. Like oh wow, now it's really shitty outside. Yeah, yeah that happened just the other day, yeah. Sunday into Monday. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know it was gonna snow. I knew it was gonna snow. I didn't know it was gonna snow like six inches. So when I woke up the next morning, I pulled my blinds. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, didn't know this is coming. Oh, that's great. Can't wait to get the snowblower running. I think Krampus really relates to that, especially in sort of like. New England style blizzards and nor'easters and things like that that we get. Certainly, that is the case. So, you know, I've been in whiteouts like they like they display. Oh yeah, no, me, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, one time we were driving in it and we were on our own. <laughs> as my parents said, "You're on your own." Um, well, as I say, like, I went to college last week, which is right on the yeah, right, right on right fucking on, Lake, Lake Ontario. So yeah. we got you got hammered with. It was great. There was one time when I was student teaching. I like. We were, had so much snow. I think we got like five feet of snow like within the night. And I was student teaching, and I had to drive all the way out from Oswego to Syracuse, which is like a forty-five minute drive. And I had to call like my teacher, and I had to say like, I can't make it in today. Like it's I, there's a fucking blizzard out here. I I just can't get there. He's like, What are you talking about? It's not snowing at all. So it's like, well, out so out in Syracuse, no snow at all. Uh-huh. Up in Oswego, buried. Yeah. So. And I'm a Bills fan too, so I've been to Bu- you know, oh, yeah. and I got family on Buffalo, so I like again know the whole, you know, wake up and like oh, 13 feet of snow just fell. What happened? Oh, oh 
being on Lake Erie happened. That's what happened. Yeah. But. So what do you think of the, the effects? I mean, a lot of them are, you know, meant to be odes to other holiday films like Gremlins. Mm. Gremlins, you can't, you can't watch Krampus without getting like visions of Gremlins. No, I agree. I know. I agree. Like some, like the, uh, especially like with some of the, especially like the, you know when you talk about the gingerbread, like just some like the noises they would make, like, mm-hmm. like you know laughs. No, that's totally like uh, reminiscent of Gremlins, like the jump scare at the end. You know. Uh, yeah. Yep. They had like gremlin like creatures. No, no, I think the effects. I think this film does a good balance between like practical and CGI. I don't think the CGI looks too bad. And I think the fact that it's a comedy. Helps it too, yeah. Helps it too. I, though I do think sometimes when they add like kind of like the goofy noises, like like when they're like getting hit and stuff, like you know, typical like ding ding. Like, oh yeah, yeah. When <laughs> when uh, the one kid Howie is p- being pulled up through the fireplace and he kind of hits a bucket or something, and it's like ding. Like, yeah, it's a little comical like, and like, cheesy. It's but. a little funny, but at the same time, it's like really, is that really? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah. I know it's a comedy, but for God's sake, this is a moment where you could kind of play it. There's not, it's not just that, but there's a couple other times where they, like, do, like, comical sound effects like that, and it's, it's like, oh, why don't you just have a fucking laugh track thrown yeah. in there, too, like, ha, 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 that guy's getting, you know, the, the mother's getting hung by Christmas lights right now, ha, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but, uh, no, I can see that. No, I thought the effects look good. Like you said, with the whole Krampus, when you first see Krampus hopping from, you know, house to house, I think the whole, just... All the outside shots, the exterior shots, they do all look really good. The, mm-hmm. Just how dark and black. There's not a star in the sky. You got the whiteout and the blizzard and just how... I think it all looks really good. I think it's done really well. The one thing that re- that does bother me about Krampus, though, the, the figure Krampus itself, is that it really does, in the later scenes, look like a mask. Um, because of the way that the mouth never moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that, but I've noticed it, I noticed it on this... Uh, watch and I noticed it on the last one too when I first watched it is that the mouth just never moves it's always open so it does seem like a mask I don't know if that's intentional it I seems like it would be intentional I mean I, I didn't notice that but I mean that didn't bother me yeah he's I a mean, fucking demon so I got yeah yeah, yeah yeah so if it's like if his face is and kind never, of like he does never talk too so maybe maybe, maybe that's his his figure maybe his mouth is constantly open like that you know but it just bothered me a little bit because it makes it seem more like a mask than like an actual face. Face, yeah. And and I, I mean that's the only thing that really that really stood out to me. Because well, would you rather have seen like a CGI face? No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> I wouldn't want a CGI face. And I do like what they did with him. Besides that, that just that little detail. I just wish there was just a little bit of movement so that you could kind of like with the Jack in the Box where you see that mouth actually open up. And well, split like, open. I was say, that's just like a constant, like even like when he's not really doing anything, it's just like it's like it's like fucking predator. It's like, yeah, yeah, and it, and it, it splits open though, and actually reveals the mouth. I wish there was just some a little bit of movement there with that Krampus mask, just because it does seem like a mask in the in that sense. But again, it does seem intentional because later on, you know, you do see the jack o' lantern with the movement, oh. so you you. You think they could do it? They just decided not to. Maybe it's intentional. Maybe maybe Doherty had something in mind. I don't know. Um, well, I'm going on and on, but gushing here. Yeah. But uh, what I also like is the, the amount of um, folklore that has been thrown into this. Um, like I said, I just caught it in the credits, but 
Necht Ruprecht is actually mentioned. Uh, Ruprecht is one of the elves. It's the name of one of the elves. Even though we don't get that as a detail in the film itself, when you look in the credits, it's, he's listed as Ruprecht the elf. And I really like that because it, it does show that Doherty did his research. I think he definitely made some changes to the Krampus mythology to make it, you know, well, like I said, a I think movie. That, I think I think both of them are just. Uh, I think both of them are, aren't they? Like, I, from what I've seen, there's aren't they like the same thing though. I mean, they're they, both, they're they both, are and they are. They're, they're both Saint Nick, you know, Saint Nick's like shadow. Yeah, they are and they are. I mean, they are very similar, but they do have their because own not, identities because yeah. it's not like. I mean, yeah, it's own identities, but I wouldn't say that, you know, Necru Pet would be, you know, Krampus's henchman. Or... No, 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 yeah, no, I'm not saying that, but but I do like that he did throw that in as a reference, mm. even though it's not really, I mean, unless you're watching the credits specifically, and I just happen to catch it, like, you're not really going to see that, but I do like that, that attention to detail, and it's not just Doherty, I mean, Doherty was aided by uh, Todd Casey, um, you know, on the script, Todd you know, he he didn't write it himself. And Todd Casey and Zach Shields, you, they both, you think, they both helped I was out. Say, what do you think? Because Krampus is like, I guess from what I've read, more Austrian in background. And then like next group it's German. You think maybe they chose Krampus? Like that's easier to say than <laughs> it may be. Yeah, next group practice is difficult. Yeah, de- de- definitely difficult to say. You're like, oh shit, we can't name our movie yeah. that. People would be like, what the fuck's that? Mm. No, I agree. I agree. I think. Krampus is probably the easier, and I think, you know, not, Krampus has had kind of a revival, and not so much Nectroprect. I don't know why, but Krampus, specifically, I mean, even before the movie, in, I want to say, like, a few years ago, two or three years ago, I got a book that was called, like, Krampus, the Yule Lord, and it was a a book by Brom, I think it was, B-R-O-M. And uh, that was a book about Krampus. And I think, you know, for whatever reason, Krampus is just a little bit more popular than the other ones. I don't know. And, you know, like, Sirt is his other name. Is the other name for, like, a for Krampus in this in a different region. Um, and you don't hear about Sirt at all. But it's, it's the same, same mm. entity. So, it's interesting. But, like I said, I like that... Uh, it seems like Doherty and Casey and Shields, they did their research. They do know about the the dark... It's always really... Isn't it funny to think that a Christian saint has a pagan... Yeah. You know, pagan thing following him around? Like. And actually, you know, like in, in, in common German traditions, I don't think he's really... Like St. Nicholas, I don't think he's really specifically Christian. It's not... You know what I mean? It's not specifically Christian, so I think we've adopted it to Christianity. But it's I don't think it's I, I, I don't Christian. know no yeah. about the, I don't think it's specifically about Christian. the history of common. Yeah, but, I mean I'm a saint that's Catholic. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So, but um, I, I do you know I like that t- Casey and Shields and Doherty they did their research. I really hate to see like movies that take one specific idea. And it's and you can tell like you didn't research the rest of this at all. Like you you saw like one thing and you were like, yeah, let's run with it. And like this definitely seems like they did their research with Germanic culture and and sort of things like that. And and came from sort of a like a tradition almost. You know, even with Doherty referencing his grandmother at the end of the film and, and loving memory, seems like that was sort of a tradition. 
What we haven't talked about is the um, film's middle portion with the animated feature. I like that. Yeah, it's a very cool idea, right? I mean, it seemed a little weird at first, like, oh, we're jumping. But no, I thought that was actually really well done. That was like... uh, I, I think that it's a tribute to, like, Rudolph and... You know, frosty and those stop motion animations of the time. It certainly is a little bit different. Like, it's not the same sort of animation as Rudolph. But you can get that, you get that idea. You know what I mean? I think that that was Doherty, like, calling back It might be that, that, like, a mixture of that and, like, Coraline. Yeah, Coraline as well. Yeah, definitely. And, um, but I really liked it. I think it gives the film, like, a nice, like, middle portion. Like an interlude, really. And I, th- and I think it works better to, like, have the grandmother explaining the history of her dealing with Krampus like that than to have it, like, if they play it, try to play it out, like... Like an actual flashback or yeah, something? Th- I, yeah, I think that wouldn't work as well. I think it'd be probably come off as more corny. Yeah, I think, I think that the actual animation is really good. I like that Krampus is almost always in shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you kind of just see the shadow rather because he is the shadow yeah. of St. Nicholas for this. Yeah. Uh, I like that you see the shadow a lot. And I, I do, I like all the imagery within that. Even like, even though it's kind of almost like childish, like how the flames are done in the wood, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of yeah. like just like one little flame, like keeps popping up. I really like it. I I think that's a standout part of Krampus. Even though I could see how some people would think, like, oh, this doesn't really belong. I th- I think it really does. I think it really stands out. I think it fits with the tone yeah, of the film. Exactly, yeah. Um, And the other thing that uh, we, we didn't bring up is the ending. Which is a very a downbeat ending. Spoiler alert! Yes. Uh, very, you know, very depressing. There's a part where I wish, and I thought it would have been great to cut for an ending just where they all all max's family's gone and then he's just like no just have it end yeah just have it end right there <laughs> and it would actually end with his uh his grandmother omi saying you know you found out the the spirit of christmas like you know and and you've lost the spirit of christmas and that would be the end of it and it, it does cut to black at that point but it does then it yeah, then it, it continues on after that but... where he tries to get back his family. Oh, I know. I, I can almost see with that cut that they had, like maybe that they planned that to be mm. the ending and they probably tested it and people were pissed. Off. Like you can't. It's, it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is another alternate ending to this film anyway, but the one, they're that, both, well, they're both, they're both dark. <laughs> they both are dark, but I think the one that actually made theatrical and regular cut is the darker of the two. And I think I do prefer that one over the other alternate yeah. ending. Um, and I think that, this one, this beside like with your cut, if you were to cut it at that point where it just fades to black and his family's dead, I I do I mean I th- I like it, but I think this one even gets even more emotion out of it. No, I, I I do think, I do think the regular ending is better. I just me being the cynical asshole, yeah, yeah. like have an end there, yeah, because I don't think I don't think enough films take that risk. That, I they, mean, that they that they have to end on a more upbeat note. That yeah. They can't, like, like, like people want to go for it. Like, imagine going, like, going to see, like, the next Avengers film instead of winning. Like, oh, they're all dead. They lost. Except you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Except you know, Iron Man. He somehow like snuck out alive, and it's like, oh shit. Yeah. You know. 
Um, I don't. I think most people don't really accept a downbeat. They ending. don't. No, unless, unless the only exception I would say is unless it's like the like the second act of like you know a film's going to be a trilogy, right? So like if it's like the second movie of the film, then you can like accept it. Prime example would be like Empire Strikes Back for Star Wars, where that ends on a huge downbeat note. The rebels are gotten their ass kicked. Hans turned into a carbonite table. Luke lost his arm. Mm-hmm. Looks looks like things are pretty bleak for you know. Yeah. So. But you know that things are coming. You know it's it's that the, something the, else is coming. That the franchise isn't gonna end there. Like yeah. well, who's gonna stop Darth Vader? You'll never know. Yeah. So but. No, I mean, but I think that it's pretty much taboo now. With like you know, say, say you went to school, and you went to screenwriting class. And you were like, you wanted to end your film on like a downbeat note. I'm pretty sure that almost every single professor would be like, no, no, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do it because you're ostracizing your audience. And I mean, in a, from a certain extent, I get that, but I, I'm a writer myself. I'm a creative, you know, writer. Most of my stories end on a, on a very bleak note because I'm more interested in the bleakness of it. Yes. You know, things Life goes on. Well, Things the, are happy. Well, the difference, but... the difference is then that if they're all telling you, you know, you don't want to do that, it's like, well, what are you telling me to do? Do you want me to be artistically in control and have yeah. like, something important to say? Or do you want it to make money at the end of the right, day? Right, exactly. Know? And that's the thing. I when... Granted, I understand. Like, look, I, met, I can see Hollywood producers saying, no, you can't do that. We're not making money off of that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, they're not going to care about the artistic expression and stuff. Because that's not what they're concerned with. They're concerned with making money. That's why you see so many remakes, reboots, and you know, just yeah. constant sequels. Because they've figured it out. Like, why take a chance on something when you this thing has name value? And yeah, it's the days of like the, when it was like the '60s and '70s, and you had like, hey, you want to make a big budget movie out of like, like Orwellian society? George Lucas with THX eleven thirty eight. Here you go. Yep. You have that. Shit like that doesn't happen. You know. I know. It just just doesn't. So I I understand it. But I'm not saying I agree with yeah. it. Yeah. And luckily, Krampus doesn't do that. It doesn't have like you know. It doesn't just go for a, a nice happy ending just because. Yeah. It 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 does go for the bleak ending. It really you know. And I like that it it's ending really kind of. It hides the bleakness from the viewer for a, a long period of time. At the end, Max wakes up like nothing happened. It, well, like it, like said, it was a bad dream. Well, like I said, I don't think they're hiding it, but at the same time, I don't think they are. Because like I said, the way the camera is and the lighting and like the filter, it has that very like typical, like, this is like a flashback dream type thing. Yeah. Like, you know. And like, you know, Max, Max wakes up. You know, everything is back to normal. His family's still there. It's Christmas Day. Uh, We're all having fun, giggling. It's been snowy. Everybody's happy. Um, And then all of a sudden, he pulls out his present, and it's a present from Krampus. And it's the Krampus bell that's been given to everybody who has lost the Christmas spirit. So even though he wished for his family to be back, they all realize, like, this happened to them. You know, they, they remember in some part of their brain that, they they died in in some way you know they remember the horrible things that happened of those those past couple of days and the end of the film just zooms out to a snow globe that Krampus has in his hand among many many other snow globes which 
has shown like over the years, over the centuries, he's done this many times. And that he's created a, quite a collection for now, himself. Now, do you think those snow globes represent, like, they're trapped in, like, a personal hell? Or is it, like, he's, like, now that he's, like, scared the shit out of them, like, they, now he's just keeping watch to make sure that they... I, I so, honestly... So, so, like, are they actually living life now, like, normally, and he's just keeping an eye on them to make sure, or are they literally trapped? I would say that I believe that they're trapped. I think that the... I... The way that the camera zooms out and then when it zooms to a certain point, it kind of makes that sort of like snow globe effect where it shows, okay, we just zoomed out of like a mm. piece of glass mm-hmm. means that like they are stuck in that like little snow globe where time doesn't change. It, do- it doesn't, you know, nothing really. They're in hell. Alters. Yeah. <laughs> it just is like a loop of, of that time. And they, and I think that that the, the lesson there. Is that Krampus doesn't kill people willy nilly? He doesn't just like kill them and like you're dead. You don't, you know, nothing happens. He he does that. You learn your lesson, but you're still stuck. Like you can't take your wish back. You can't. You you learned your lesson now. The, this family they learned like okay, we got to get along. We you know we we understand the spirit of the of the Christmas season. We understand the, the spirit of like having your family close. But you don't get to take your wish back. You still wished for it. And now you suffer the consequences for forever. Which really. is great because at, at the end, when he's, uh, Max, before that all happens, he's trying to convince Krampus, you know, <clears throat> take me instead. I'll free my family. I was wrong, you know. And it's like in typical Hollywood writing would be like Krampus because he brushes the tear away from Max. Like, yeah. like, oh, he'll have a change of heart and he'll bring them all back like you. Like you learn, like then have maybe Saint Nick pop out. Like, you learn the lesson of Christmas, yeah. boy. But what's he do? Nope, throws him in the hole to hell and laughs. Yeah, yeah, they all laugh. Yeah, you, you know, you think you're gonna have a a tender moment, and instead, it is you know, just the the way for him to trap them forever and yeah. in a snow globe. Just think about it now; it makes it even just like funnier. Just like yeah, because like it's like oh, like you think like oh yeah, like he learned you know. It is funny, but it's like a wry funny. It's like. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know that's that's pretty terrible, but yeah. So I mean, I like that. I think that it's really good. You know, you get that comedy aspect of it, but at the end of the at the end of the film, it's more so of like a like cherish what you have because you know when you wish for it, sometimes you don't get you don't you don't you don't get to take that back. You know, it is what it is. There there are permanent consequences to this. Well, as I said, it reminds me the ending does remind me a lot of Jeepers Creepers just of the Right, yeah. whole of the zoom out and everything the, you, yeah, you got to zoom, out, zoom and, out and the, yeah. the losing the I, I don't know if that was really like an inspiration or anything but I know yeah, I don't I, I don't know I, I don't the... no I don't think so either but I just like after watching it and then with like the jump scare at the end, I was like yeah, yeah. That, that to me like totally reminds me of Jeepers Creepers Yeah, there. I can see it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really like that ending. The alternate ending is really not that much different, except for the fact that we, instead of zooming out to see Krampus and they're trapped in a snow globe, that doesn't happen. Instead, Max gets the bell and he remembers that this actually happened and he shares a, a moment with his, his grandmother, Omi, and they both realize, yes, we were trapped with Krampus for a, a while, but you know, we learned our lesson and everything's okay. 
It has a. It's still downbeat. I mean, still. I, like, I do like. I do, I do like the fact that at the end of the the cut that they use that they all remember. Like, like they're all having yeah. their fun. Like, haha! And as soon as he pulls out the bell, like they can hear, like, you know, what they said and like what happened during. Yeah. The film, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, I, I like that more. I I do like the regular ending more. I'm glad they didn't go with the alternate ending. I do think that would have been a little bit disappointing. I I. I much prefer the theatrical cut that they that they use, so I think it's it's really interesting. Anything else that you want to bring up about Krampus before we before we end our first Festivus ser- series episode? No, that's about it. I think that covers it. I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. No. Um. I didn't think I like, I went into it pretty blind. I you know I didn't yeah. watch trailer or anything for it. Um, I like I said, I didn't even know like David Koechner was in it. Mm-hmm. You know that would have gotten you. Like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, I liked it. I thought I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was pretty enjoyable. It's a quick watch. Yep. Um, I like the idea. I think it's pretty well executed. I for a horror film too, and I will I'll give the director, you know, and the writers all the credit in the world for this. There's no gore. Yeah, there's no gore in this. Like, and like in a Especially with like torture porn, like after we just got done with like the Saw films, literally, like literally, you could say throughout this, nobody dies. Yeah, you you could you could make an argument that they die, but you don't like see anything. Yeah, you don't see anything like explicit throughout. You get kind of a a couple of tremors moments. Yeah, you know, you get some people like drawing up the chimney. You don't see the mm. daughter die. Um, you just kind of see her taking. You know. It just, like, seems like things happen, but, you know, yeah, you don't see anybody die, and so it's very interesting. Which I do think makes sense with this film. Yeah. Because, again, like, if they, like I said, if they played it straight, would you really, like, St. Nicholas's shadow running around fucking butchering people? Yeah. Yeah. That would be like, all right, you know. So the fact that he is, like, this otherworldly, mystical, you know, pagan demon, that he's... You know, he's not killing people, he's just... Yeah, he's teaching them a lesson. And torturing them, and then trying to take their souls. Yeah. Um, no, so I'll, I'll give that, like, that's like a... That's something you just don't see in horror films. Yeah. Today. Yeah. So I think, good on, like, very good on them for that. That's, you know, they had to be creative. Mm-hmm. So out of how, um, ten bells, what would you give Krampus? I'd probably give it a seven. Seven? Seven. Um, like I said, I thought it was... I would watch it again. Yeah. I would make it something like that I'd watch during Christmas time. Oh, yeah. Um, again, I think... I do think most of the casting's pretty good, except Adam Scott. I really just... I just don't, can't get behind him. He's... Mm-hmm. E- even with the reasons you get, I think he's just too wooden for my liking. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's funny, though it is very hit and rest at times, mm-hmm. uh, with its comedy. Um... There are times where, it, like, you know, they're tr- really trying to make you laugh, but it's just kind of like, uh, yeah. you know, which it's a fault, but at the same time, like, that's when that kind of comedy, it's, it's, you know, rapid fire, it's like some things are going to hit and some things oh, yeah. Are, yeah. are, you know, aren't going to stick. And absolutely. So, I mean, I understand that, but at the same time, like, some of it you're going to laugh, and other times you're like, oh, that's stupid. Um, and overall, I thought it was, you know, it's, well done. Film looks very good. Uh, sounds very good. And it's original. And you don't see that. I'm. I don't know what studio greenlit this film, but I'll give legendary. 
give him props for, you know, taking, you know, a gamble mm-hmm. on a nice little original idea like this. Oh, yeah. I gotta give it an 8.5. I really like it. Uh, it's probably become one of my favorite holiday films for, for horror. Um, try to watch it every year. Saw it in theaters last year. Watched it again this year. I do really enjoy it. I might, I, I keep forgetting we can include the half. I might give it like seven, more, seven and a half. More seven and a half than a flat yeah. seven. Yep. Close. To, if I watch it again, I might move, you know, further up, but like first time through, I'd say seven and a half. Yeah. Um, cause now that I've seen, it, I could watch it more and kind of like, you know, start to find like, oh, they did this. And yeah. They did that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I, I think if you like Christmas and I think if you like horror films, you'll, you'll like this. Oh, it's, yeah. It's not going to be, it's not going to be Silent Night, Deadly Night. No. All right, so we will be back next week with Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Your first time viewing. Going to be fun. They better play a warm side of the door. Mm, I think you're going to be disappointed there. Well, then there's no There's other stuff that you'll enjoy. There's no point doing that. (laughs) Uh, And then after that, we're going to continue on in our holiday series. We're not releasing all the movies that we're watching, but we're also going to do Christmas Vacation, so that's in there. And then a special one that we haven't announced yet. Yeah. So... Could, could be fun. Could be a myriad of things. Could, could be. Could be. You never know. Never know what we're going to pick. Get to see what people think. That's right. Let us know what you think we're going to do. Um, administrative duties. You can find us on uh, you know, Facebook, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Like us on there. You know, Give us a comment, whatever you want to do. We're up on iTunes. We really appreciate it if you subscribe and leave us a nice review. Uh, five stars, preferably. You can find us on SoundCloud. That's where our episodes go up first. Follow us on there. Uh, you can also email us, bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. We always appreciate any film suggestions. We'll get to them after our holiday series. And finally, you can find us on Twitter, Blood and Black Rum. And uh, I try to update that as much as possible. If you you know tweet us, we'll definitely get back to you. So thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with our Festivus series with Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Have a good one. Take care.